I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Empire. Welcome to the latest edition of the All's Caps podcast with former Capitals defenseman Carl Alsner. I'm AP hockey writer Steve Wino, and we are we are pleased to be joined by Elliot Friedman of Sportsnet, who recently kicked my ass in fantasy football a couple weeks ago. So congratulations on your big victory. You know, I, I, I'm in the final uh, this week, uh, Steve. I think it's the first time in the history of the league that I've actually made the final. Um, <laughs> you know, basically, Carl, the way it goes for me is I lose interest. Uh, you know, the NHL season starts going. I'm, I'm constantly looking at news and stuff for that. And, you know, I do things like I forgot to set my roster or like I had to drop out of my hockey pool because I just never set the roster enough. And I, would, I was just blowing money, basically. <laughs> and it, if you're going to blow money, you should blow money on fun things, not aggravating things like sports pools. Yeah. And uh, so, but this year... Uh, last year, I, I had a, I, I made a bunch of good trades. I got a bunch of high picks, and I went for it this year, and I traded a first-round pick for Aaron Rodgers this year, and I'm in the nice. final. I have no idea if I'm going to win. Like You never know what your roster is going to look like, but I'm at least enjoying the opportunity for a change. Yeah, and, and, and Scott Burns and I own teams in two of these leagues, and we went all in also made a bunch of trades and we still lost so now now we have no picks and we'll basically be drinking for the first five or six rounds while all you guys are picking in next in august well that's a good way to do it that's a good way to do it i i i had the same i had the same thing happen to me this year i'm playing in two leagues one that i'm running and one that i'm just playing in and the one that i'm running i put everything that i had into it and ended up losing in the first round and the other one I legit forgot to set my lineup last week in the semifinals mm. and I had a couple guys in COVID protocol and it was the best points week I've had the entire year. And I made it made somehow made it into the final. So I just checked it again today. And the same thing, I did my first ever hockey pool this year and I didn't really realize, you know, how much went into it. And I started the year, I think, Oh, and eight. And my buddy finally texted me, said, we got to get you a win. What's going on? And I said, how do you, how does this even work with setting the lineups? And he just told me, I just found out that you can set your lineup for the week by pushing a button and it just puts the players in that are supposed to be in there. And now I'm actually finally getting points. I couldn't, like I was losing by a hundred points every week and I couldn't figure out what was going on. So I'm, I'm new to all this. I'm trying to figure it out, but it seems like. I, I, I got I to gotta tell you, Carl, if I was you, I'd edit that part out of the podcast. Like you don't want everybody going. <laughs> hey, no, I, I need the people to know that, uh, that. You know, they, maybe they'll come and play me in a hockey pool, and then I'll all of a sudden figure it out. Maybe I can hustle. You're, yeah, you're a hustler. You're a ringer. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we, oh, so we're, we're recording this uh, minutes after the NHL announced uh, the protocols down from 10 days to five days. Uh, I'm rushing, rushing a story out. Elliot, you had to pull over to, to, to kind of tweet out this this scoop. Uh, it just sounds like everybody's on board with this, though, right? Like getting at least in the United States now, protocols are down from 10 to five days. The Capitals are going to get a bunch of guys back earlier than normal because of this. And it only applies to teams in the U.S. Well, uh, it, it's we're still kind of it's that's still kind of fluid. Um, the other team I know that has, that has very San Jose. strict protocols is San Jose. Like when I was when I was working on this, and you're right, like I got a text about it, and my poor ten year old son, he had to sit uh, like on the side of the road with the four ways on for a few minutes while I figured this out and made sure I had everything accurate. But I had a few people reach out to me and say, I know you guys all lump Canada in there, but don't forget San Jose. You know, San Jose has. Uh, very strict protocols in Northern California that they have to put in there. You should put in there too. Now, you know, I think we're all kind of trying to determine where this is going to go, but there's no doubt in my mind, Stephen Carl, that, you know, the players and the league really wanted this badly. And, you know, the NFL is the, is the one that set, you know, everybody follows the lead of the NFL. And once the NFL decided to take the plunge and 
you know, hockey and basketball had an advantage here because the NFL's at the playoffs. You know, they're they're right there. They had less runway. Um, they they were basically saying we are not going to let this ruin our season if we can avoid it and our playoffs if we can avoid it. So they go first and everybody else follows. You know, I, I'll tell you this. I, like, I think, you know, there have been some players like Nick Cousins of Nashville tweeted that, you know, they should postpone games. Right. Jonathan Drouin of Montreal, he made it very clear. He was nervous about playing Boston when they were had an outbreak. Um, and I think there are players who feel that way. And I think there are, um, you know, people who really like the fact that even if they don't care about their own testing, they like the fact that it helps protect their families. I'm getting the sense that just more and more people in and around the game are saying, hey, you know, we have to relax things a little bit. And, you know, I think there's a challenge in Canada with this. Um, you know, like, I think the Canadian teams probably feel the same way. I think the players on Canadian teams feel the same way for, for a lot of the part, like Tyler Myers vocalized it, but it's very difficult for a lot of them to say it. So I think this will be a popular move, and now we'll see what happens uh, in, in Canada and in San Jose. Right. And so, so this is, it's interesting because this all leads into, and I know this is the talk, I'm sure you've been talking about it every single day now, but obviously the Olympics and Olympics is something that um, Capitals fans were, you know, I think are, are, are pretty into because obviously cheering for, for your uh, team USA, but we got a lot of players here that, that represent other countries as well. The, the Russians. And, and I was reading something about, uh, Vladimir Tarasenko interview that he had talking about how frustrating it is for him because this is something that you that you dream about. Yeah, and you know, it, that was I'm my story, same, Carl. Thank you. The, yeah, Thank exactly. Why has <laughs> got all the scoops here? Um, and yeah. so, so t- to me, it's a it's a tough call as well because I've talked to a couple of the players about it, and it seems like you know the reason why I like to ask you is because you you are as, as tapped in as you are, it seems like there was a bit of a miscommunication or not enough information. Cause some players are feeling like they've been, you know, this, the, the kind of the rug has been pulled out from underneath them and all of a sudden they can't go. And other guys, they, I think they seem to think it's okay. And all of a sudden this decision was made where it seemed like maybe the league was talking with the PA and then all of a sudden a decision was made. And now some guys are saying that wasn't necessarily the case. And so I'm curious how, how that all happens so fast, just like that. And, and the vibe that you're getting from, from players and maybe management and, and people that you know around the league, what, what the, what the full picture is on this. Well, I think Carl, that you're right about one thing. Like there's a lot of different opinions mm-hmm. and, you know, Brad Marchand who, uh, you know, went public with his opinions the other day. And like, you know, it's like, some people agree with him. Some people disagree with him. I'm sure he doesn't care. That's his opinion, and he wanted everybody to know it. And, you know, I, I think that's the way it is. It, it's like life right now. You put 100 people into a room, you're going to get 10,000 different arguments. It's people are going to feel certain ways. Where it sounds to me like the breakdown was, and, and I don't know whose fault this is, but I think the players, uh, Carl, believed it would be their individual decision. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the things that I had asked, um, like in the week or two before, you know, Omicron got really bad and it became like, like two weeks before Omicron really started to hit, I thought it was like 90% sure we were going to the Olympics. And I, I think what I, under, what I asked somebody was, and I asked someone from the league and I asked someone from the Players Association, I got yes answers both ways, was... Could it happen where, say, for argument's sake, the Canadians and the Swedes said, we don't want to go, and the Russians and the Americans said, we want to go? And for argument's sake, could you get a full Russian team and a full American team against a mixed or all European slash AHL Canadian Swedish team? And I was told yes. I was told that that could happen, that the players could vote individually and say, look, I'm going, I'm not going, I'm going, I'm not going. Like Steven Stamkos, he made it very clear uh, he was probably going to go. And I think there were like there were other players who made it pretty clear. Eric Carlson was one, for example. He probably wasn't going to go. And I think there were a lot of people, you know, privately and publicly saying the same thing. What I don't think the players fully understood was, and I don't know if this was a lack of communication or they just didn't pay attention. I've heard both. Yeah. Um, 
is that they didn't realize that the league had an ability to say, none of you can go. Yeah. I don't think they recognize that. And once we got to the point a couple days before Christmas where they had to um, postpone the league for three days, they got to a, a number of games that they just couldn't let the players go. And I don't think enough players understood that that was an option on the table. I think they really believed it was going to be each of their individual choices. Right. And, yeah, and that's, and that's, that's, that's yeah, that, what, what I was going to say is, Elliot, is, is the same, what, what I think would have could have happened was if the season is stopped, sure, you could have players, I guess, named to the roster and choose not to go or opt out. But there was never going to be a chance, and, and I think you're right, for players to choose while the season's going on to leave their teams to play. And I think that's where the, the, either the confusion or lack of information exists, right? Yes. I think that, like, for example, last summer, um, you know, the, the, the broadcaster up here in Canada that does the games, as you guys both know, is CBC. And they asked me if I wanted to work uh, the games last summer in Tokyo. And I wanted to. Uh, but Rogers said, now, hold on. The, the Stanley Cup playoffs are going are going into the summer and then we have the rights to the draft and we have the uh, a day on free agency we need you for all that and you know they said you you can't go for that reason and i didn't like it because i love the olympics but i understood they're my primary employer right and uh they they pay me to do a job so like 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 people who feel like brad marchand feel i totally get it because i felt that way last summer but you understand that you know, you have a responsibility to your organization. And I don't like it, but I understand it. Right. Well, well so what would you guys do? Both of you guys, I'm curious. What do you think the best situation would be? Is it just kind of, you know, opt out, don't go the way it's going right now? If if you could say we had if we had the ability to do so, they push back the whole Olympics a year um, and hope that everything starts to clear up. What do you think the ideal situation would be? Well, I, I think the ideal situation would be to push it back a year, but you know it's late for that now, Carl. Mm-hmm. And and some of my friends who do, who who are around the Olympics, whether as uh, coaches or executives or competitors or media, they think that you know the less people that go, the more medals China wins. And as like a homegrown uh, puffing the chest out competition that appeals to the country mm-hmm. so that they, they, they like i know it sounds like a conspiracy theory and it probably is <laughs> but that's that's the way these, that's the way my friends would know more about this thing yeah and, 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 and Elliot, i think i think you're right Elliot. and as someone who's actually also i'm going regardless uh there's oh, a, you're going anyway oh, right? oh there's there's a there's a nerve factor here about testing positive but and, yeah. and, and the hockey tournament's not going to be very good but yeah i, I think that the, the likelihood of this actually getting postponed a year is not very high no, I, I think it's extremely unlikely. I mean, that like, like you know what? The, in a perfect world, Carl, we go to the Olympics. Yeah, we go, we play. Like, like, like I'm a fan. I'm I'm a member of the media, but I'm a fan. Uh, I love uh, I love uh, hockey. I I want to see. Look, I want to see Ovechkin one more time at the height of his powers at mm-hmm. the Olympics on best on best. I want to see Crosby one more time at the height of his powers, best on best. But you know what I also want to see? I want to see the Crosby generation and the McDavid generation drop the puck against the Kane generation and the Matthews generation. I want to see that. It's time. And you know what? I think they all want to see that too. I think think all those guys are dying to play against each other. And, you know, that that sucks. It, It sucks that now... I know the World Cup is not the same as the Olympics. I, I and I know the last World Cup, and Carl, I, I'm sure you know guys who played in it, it, it. It wasn't as successful as it could and should have been. They have to do it now, and I know it's they not do. the Olympics, but these guys want to play against each other. They have, they want to. Yeah, 2024, right? And and Stephen Samco said this the other day to us: is is the Olympics are the Olympics, and nothing is the same. Uh, but but it, Taylor Hall mentioned it as well as 
is you have to almost turn the World Cup into meaning what it means to soccer, to hockey. And 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 if you can build up a tradition of it, and that's the problem by not doing it every four years and not having it on a regular turn with whether it's a lockout or a pandemic or whatever, is if you can have that on a regular turn, you make the World Cup mean as much or more than the Olympics because it has a tradition. But it takes years to build that tradition up. Uh, yes, it does. And it takes a commitment. I mean... I, like I know I'm a lot older than you guys, and I look a lot older than you guys. <laughs> but I, I remember as a kid and a teenager looking forward to the Canada Cup. Sure, that was a great. Now there was that was a great competition. Now there was a lot of mystery then. You know, we didn't. You know, the the Russians didn't play in North America. The Czechs barely played in North America, and you know the Swedes and Finns were still basically coming. But you know, I like I I think you have to be committed to it. Like. Like I just know the last one, it didn't it didn't go as well as everybody liked, and you know that's that's a problem. You can learn your lessons, but the the thing is right now where the iron is hot is I think the players really want it. Like that's that's one thing that I, I really do believe here is that you know Crosby and, and and McDavid they skated together last summer, and why did they do that? Because they. They love the opportunity of playing with each other. Um, you know, there's there's a book I just read. It's uh, this is actually reminding. I got to put this in in my in my blog. It's 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 a a, a book called Built to Lo- Built to Lose, and it's about the NBA's tanking generation. And there's a, there's a paragraph in it where they talk about how one of the things that they didn't realize about tanking was that you know, when you have good players that go to the Olympics, is that the good players see what it's like to com- to compete with each other on a journey, on a significant journey. And when you accomplish that journey, there's this bond that's created. And they think that the losing generation created like uh, some of the super team generation. And, and they, they, they didn't realize how much it means to athletes to compete to win and compete together on the path to win. Like, you know, and again, Carl, I defer to you on this one. You played on some really good teams. You know, what it's like to walk into the room when you're on a winning team and you're you're competing for something special and the idea of sharing a, a big victory together. It's like when, when Steve and I break big stories, like that that feeling, you know, right? Why not? Oh, but, yeah, for sure. Like, it's, it, it's just like, and I think that's what the players feel. Like, I think that, I think I think McDavid wants to play with Crosby. I think Matthews wants to play with Kane. I think the Russians like Ovechkin. You don't think that that guy wants another shot on the international stage? Like you know Ovi. You know how much it killed him to lose um, on that big stage. Like you don't think he wants another shot at Crosby on the big stage? Like let let's let these guys have it. Absolutely. And, and I think that there's so much more parity in the league right now too. Like, like it's not a, it's not a, okay, Canada is going to the Olympics and they're going to win. There's so many good players out there. And then it just comes down to which team puts, the, which country puts the best team together. And like you said, those, the, the memories and the bonds that you make from those tournaments, it's, it's just crazy. Like I, I, I always think about this. And when I, when I went over and played in Montreal and Carey Price was one of the guys that would always you know, put the music on. And I remember one time he put on a song and then as soon as the song turned on, it it just clicked. And I looked over at him and he was looking at me already and smiled. And it was the song that we had for our pump up video in world juniors back in 2000 and uh, 2007. And it was mm-hmm. times like times like these by the Foo Fighters. And oh yeah. Also, that was a big one. Yeah. And so you just have these songs and these moments that you, that you can associate with these, with these tournaments and with these players and and it and it just turns into a, a bigger memory, something that's that's bigger than just the tournament. It's a lifelong thing. And so to, for guys to miss out on that, I mean, it's 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 heartbreaking because there's so many guys that they only have a window of maybe a year or two, and and then they don't get that opportunity, and it's gone. You know, and I I just hate I hate seeing that. I love watching the Olympics as well. I I would love to see a World Cup. I think that would be fun. And I'm hoping that they can find a way to do it because I I want to see like you said a Kane and Matthews play together. I want to I want to see a McDavid Crosby get out there. It would just be so much fun to see. Yeah, I, I, I think that I think the difference this time, guys, too, is that I think the fans will want it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not sure how much the fans wanted the last one, 
but I think they're going to want this one. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I'm, I'm with you. I think I think I think there is a, a, a 2024 element to this that we don't want to wait till 2026 to see a best on best hockey again. Uh, we're going to take a break here on All's Caps and, and come back with with Elliot Freeman, talk a little bit of Capitals uh, and, of course, Carl's stupid questions. I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to All's Caps. I'm AP hockey writer Steve Weiner with former Capitals defenseman Carl Alzer and joined by Sportsnet's Elliot Friedman. Um, a, a lot of, uh, and, and I, I think we're all in agreement on on the, the Olympics and the World Cup and that sort of situation. Uh, looking ahead to, to some Capitals stuff, this is a, a thing that Carl and I discussed kind of on and off the air of, of what do you think is, is coming for the Capitals and the trade deadline is a little bit away, but from from kind of what you're, you're hearing and, and, and figuring, Elliot, is there something you think the Capitals are, are in the market for in the next couple of months? Well, the number one thing is I, I always believe is results dictate, right? And um, like I look at them and I didn't know what to expect from Washington this year. You know, Backstrom obviously started out. Uh, no, but like, like, look, Ovechkin's a great player. I think we all have learned to expect the unexpected for him. I don't know if anyone ex- – I, if you would have told me he was having a heart trophy-level season, I would have said okay. If you would have told me he was had, having a heart trophy season with no one-timer slap shot goals and at a time being atop the league in assists – Yep. I would have said, I'll have, you know, whatever you're on. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, like, I, I don't know if I ever would have believed that. So, like, the Capitals have surprised me this year. Um, but, like, the other thing, too, is I also go in with this. I know Ovechkin signed for five years. And I know Backstrom has signed for five years. But to me, this is a team that kind of was like the Penguins with Crosby and Malkin, right? As long as you have them, you're going for it. You're not, you're not playing for the future. Like, I look at them, and, I, like, I wonder if they're looking at a little uh, – like, I got to sort out their defense once everybody gets healthy and out of COVID protocol and kind of figure out where they are there. But, like, I just wonder, are they going to look for, like, a like a top nine forward, like a, like, like a center or something like that? Like, that's where I kind of look at them and say, do they need one more impactful middle depth center forward kind of guy you guys agree or disagree certainly a face-off guy I, I i think more than anything other than nick dowd and and nick basham when he's healthy this team doesn't have a whole lot of guys who can win a face-off yeah that uh i think i think any team can pretty much use a guy that can win a face-off and uh the hard thing is and it's the same with a lot of these teams right now is is almost nobody has played at full strength you know there's yeah. there's, there's always somebody out of the lineup so you don't really get to see what what that team is is made of and i think I think that's that's definitely holds true for the for the Caps. I think their lineup is is pretty good, at least on paper, when when everybody's healthy. And and why not? We talked about this a little bit. And if there was a an area that you you might want to address, it would be it would be a net. And I know it's hard to say that because you got two good young goaltenders, but like we looked it up ahead of time. So uh, an average save percentage for a goalie is is nine ten, mm-hmm. right? Why well, is that what we said? Yeah, and, and that's exactly and where Samsonov's at. It's exactly where Samsonov's at. He's got a good record right now, but I don't think you can just be average in, in the playoffs. And of course you can heat up and be good. But do you wanna do you wanna risk an entire season on on hoping that one of them heats up and is good and doesn't get injured? Because that's that's been an issue as well. So uh, that that would be um, if there was an option out there. I'm not sure. I know that there's some guys' names that have been been thrown around a little bit, but 
I think if if you can find a way to to get someone into your lineup like that, a, a solid proven goaltender, then I think maybe you jump at something like that. But I just don't know exactly what the rumblings are out there of, of who could get moved. Well, I think the tough thing right now, Carl, is that A, we're in the middle of COVID. So yeah. it's really difficult to figure out what's going to happen here. And the other thing is the trade deadline's late this, this year. It's in the third week of March, right? So we've still got another three months before we get there. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, the, the, like, like the one thing, but the one thing is I think the Capitals have let it be known that they're there. And like, I, like I think McClellan and, you know, his, his bosses, Patrick and, and Leonsis, they're aggressive. You know, they, they're, they're not satisfied with one. You know, when you, when you have that taste, you're either sad. I think, I think you say for a year, you kind of bask in it, but now I think they're, they're kind of hungry again. Like, we like the taste of that. We like Dovechkin swimming in the fountains. We'd like to have, <laughs> you know, some more of that. And like, I think they'll be in it. I, I, you know, the thing about Samsonov, like I was listening as you guys were talking, like, you know, like I, I always wonder, like I have no problem with Ovechkin at all. I think he's earned the right to do what he wants. I always kind of, I'm like, I always kind of am interested by some of the reactions he has on the bench towards people. Yeah. I'd be like, you know, we've seen him kind of look at Samsonov a few times, like what exactly is going on here? So I, I think I would be very curious to hear his reaction to that. Um, I think Washington's really good. And I think you guys are right in the sense that it's very hard with them and a lot of other teams to say, this is exactly what you've got. But I, I, I could see them maybe going for another goalie. I don't know, like, at some point in time, you have to decide, is Samsonov our guy or not? Mm-hmm. And I wonder if you just give him the year this year to determine, all right, Ilya, you're going to answer this question for us. Yeah, but, but that's that's the thing. And you, But you mentioned this, Elliot. As long as you have Nick Backstrom and Alex Ovechkin, you're going for it. And so there's yeah. got to be a balance from Brian McClellan and the front office to, we want to see if this guy is our guy for the future, and do we really want to risk Samsonov tearing a groin or going into COVID protocol first week of the of, of or last week of the season, like happened last year, and then all of a sudden you're down to Craig Anderson and you're down to so I I think at a very least there's an insurance policy there needed for this team, just like they wanted to do with Henrik Lundqvist, and I have brought up Mark Andre Fleury's name because I think that story would be a hell of an amazing tale, um, or oh, or man, a guy like James, or, or James Reimer, yeah, yeah other of those guys. Yeah. You know, I think those are all good choices. Yeah. You even look back at the the year that they that they did win. They they started the playoffs with uh with Gruby, with Grubauer. He was yeah. the starting goalie, right? And then all of a sudden you switch. So yeah, like you said, maybe you could bring back Holtby. That's exactly bring him back just for one one last uh parade. And I think that would be uh a heck of a story as well. Let's do it. Yeah, and, and and you know I I'm all I'm all in the favor of bringing back Braden Holpe and Jay Beagle at the deadline. If Carl, if you want to start playing again, they can bring you back too. <laughs> yep, I'm ready. I'm in shape. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there in a heartbeat. Too good. Um, why don't we gotta we gotta ask a, f- a couple of fun questions here? Yeah, we got we gotta do Carl's super questions. All right, let's do it. Should we uh, get straight into it, or you want to take a sack? No, it's all yours. <laughs> all right, Elliot. So. First of all, before before you get into this, um, I just I, ha- I have to shout this out because I've been listening to Thirty Two Thoughts um, with with you and Jeff Merrick, and I I love it because it reminds me of like me hanging out with my buddies or a bunch of guys on the team, just kind of hot stoving and and talking about you know the scoops and and what's going on around the league or what could happen or what we think could and should happen, and the only difference is that you guys actually have informed opinions and an actual scoop <laughs> that's <Where's>, not true <laughs> well it sure seems like it so if it's not if it's not true then you guys are doing a good job so i just <laughs> i just want to let you guys let you know that i think it's awesome and and whoever's listening to this as well 32 thoughts is is a really really good lesson so i appreciate what you guys are doing and i'm going to hit you with these uh very hard-hitting questions and um if you don't know exactly how it works um some of them are kind of hockey related some not at all and i'm going to tally mm-hmm. up a score for you at the end and let you know how you did <laughs> okay all right all right let's see how we do okay okay so the first one is hockey related and okay. um yeah i know you said that you are you're a fan a fan of hockey fan of the nhl but what would you say is your least favorite thing about the nhl oh my my least favorite thing about the nhl yeah i would say my least favorite thing about the NHL 
is probably the conformity. And I think we're getting better. I think we have to understand that the next generation is going of fans is going to demand a bit more individualism. And I think you can still be an individual and be part of a team. Like, as you guys know, like, as I've gotten older, I've, I've lost all sense of professionalism on the air. I've <laughs> grown my hair. I've grown out my beard. I wear crazy suits, but it's still very important to me to be a good teammate as best as I can be to the people I work with at Sportsnet. And uh, I think that that would be my least favorite thing is that we crush individualism a bit too much, but I, I think we're getting better, Carl. Yeah, I agree, and and I and I read something where you said you you know if you can make somebody laugh while still do, doing your job, that's that's what you're going for, and I think that's uh, I think that's part of it. You you don't want mm-hmm. to, I don't think you really want to you know command too much too much spotlight and think that you're all of a sudden the best and and not be able to poke fun at yourself. And I think you do that really well. So I agree with you on that. Um, this one I, I thought was interesting because you know, you know what it's like. You can, you can sit with, with some of these guys for hours, just swapping stories and, and yeah. talking and laughing. And I'm curious, you know, of all the people that you've had, had a chance to to chat with, you know, whether it's on air or off air, who would you say is the, the funniest per- person you've, you've uh, had a chance to, to either work with or just sit down and swap stories with? It's Kevin Bieksa. Yeah. It, it, it is Bieksa <laughs> because he is ruthless. He, yeah. like, you know, it takes a lot to offend me, guys. It, it really does. Um, I, I think that you have to have a thick skin to be successful in general and now in today's social media environment. BX says things to me that I just I just laugh. Like, I, I you know, I, I, you can't even repeat them because he'll get in trouble because even though it's funny and not mean, people just re- react crazily. BX is, like, one of the funniest human beings uh, I've ever been around as a guy I don't know really well who whenever I see him though really does make me laugh hysterically like to be in a two guys I would say I wonder what it was really like to be in the dressing room in San Jose with Joe Thornton and Brent yeah. Burns all those years yeah <laughs> because every time I see those two guys they're they make me laugh but it's only snippets right you don't really know them but they're hilarious people Exactly. He's kind of one of those mythical creatures, Joe Thornton. Like you just, you just want to know so much about him, but you just don't get as much as you want. So yeah. I've heard that. And yeah, the Kevin Bieksa stuff is, is really good. There's very few guys that can, that can walk that line of saying a few things that are offside and not really get in trouble for it all the time. And he seems to be one of those guys. He does it, does it really well. Um, underrated, by the way, underrated Washington guy. And I know he's been in a lot of trouble, a lot of difficulties the last couple of years. But I've always liked Kuznetsov. <laughs> always. Yeah. Okay, so I agree with you. And I'll quickly bring this up because I know we don't have a ton of time. But I I we were in, I was in McLean the other day, which is where he lives. And I saw this place. It's called the Russian Market. And I sent him a picture. And I said, is this place any good? He said, yeah, I really like, really like that place go talk to the gentleman inside he's he's great and i said any recommendations of your favorite things in there he says to me what's your favorite thing at harris teeter the grocery store here <laughs> and i'm like <laughs> yeah okay good point i guess it's just it's hard, it's hard to pick what's your favorite thing in the grocery store it's just like little little comments that that made yeah. me laugh you know i wasn't expecting it out of him but he is i agree with you he is pretty funny yeah I've liked my exchanges with him. Yeah. Okay. And I'm glad to see he's back in the right direction. Yes. Happy yes, for him. we all are. Um, okay, next year is uh what's your favorite board game? Ooh, so I'm I go in phases, right? Yeah. Uh right now it's sorry. Oh yes. You but, have a ten year old, you said, right? Yes, but in the past, Clue. Yes. I loved Clue and Mastermind. Ooh. I love Mastermind. Okay, good ones. I have, I don't think I've played Mastermind, so I'm gonna get in I, on that. I'll give I'm you a with, recommendation. I'm with you on Clue, though. I this is so my family's like holiday tradition for years has been playing Haunted Mansion, uh, Disney Haunted Mansion Clue at the mm. dinner table after Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner. That that's been for years uh, our tradition. That's awesome. And 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 we have we've had these arguments about whether you're allowed to bluff about whether you know something or not. And then all of a sudden it comes around to you, and you're like, oh, I actually have to say I didn't actually get this right. And so we've had some some family arguments over the years over Clue, but I love it. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Well, my, my I would also team. recommend Escape app, Escape apps on the iPad. Yes, I absolutely. love that stuff. What's your absolutely. game, Carl? 
Yeah, so we we play a ton of Ticket to Ride here at this house. Um, ah. Unbelievable game, Ticket to Ride, and then Catan. We we used to call ourselves yes. Catan animals. We'd be playing this every single night, and then we finally got a little a little bored of it, but we we still play Ticket to Ride quite a bit and it's this very simple game i think that's why like you can get you can get one finished in 20 30 minutes and it's a good one but yeah those escape rooms um we've had we've bought the ones called exit the room or exit the game and it's a one-time use game highly highly recommend it and you it, it, it seriously pisses you off so much but at the same time it's it's such a fun game so i'm gonna get in i'm gonna i'm gonna send you uh send you a link to that and i'm gonna okay. get, get going on mastermind okay so let's go with the next one here um, do you have a most embarrassing moment or a time where you were working really hard for something for a scoop or you wanted to break something and it and it didn't didn't go the way that you had hoped or it came out sounding a little funky or just a moment that that really, really messed with you? Yeah, there's no I mean, everybody knows what that moment was for me. I had a terrible mistake in swimming at the Olympics <laughs> a couple of years ago. And uh, like I actually have like generally the memory of a goaltender. I've learned over the years that things are going to go wrong and you better learn your mistake and, uh, and, uh, and, and move on. But that one really shook me because I was worried about the effect it had on my family. And that's all I'm going to say about that. But it was bad. It took me a long time to get over that one. And actually, I have to tell you, Carl, one of the things that bothered me the most about it was not only the mistake, but how long it took me to put that behind it because I'm normally much better than that. <laughs> the effect it had on the family. Enough said. Yeah. Yeah, and we and we were all behind you, Elliot, too, because like we all make mistakes. Uh, it just doesn't always of, happen on. Yeah, yeah. I'll never forget that. I had a lot of support, Stephen. I, I do. I, I've never forgotten. Oh, that's so funny. Okay, so um, last two here. Uh, in terms of vacations, what would you yep. choose? Beach vacation, winter vacation, or a sightseeing vacation? Beach and the other two aren't even in the same continent. Really? <laughs> yes. Okay, interesting. I love what, the beach. What kind yeah. of beach are you talking like uh the Caribbean or are you like uh like a Hawaii, Mexico type thing? What do you what do you I I, I love Hawaii. I love the Mediterranean. Uh you know, I I love the, the the coast of Italy and and I've never been to Croatia, but I've heard like that coast is beautiful too. Right. It's on my my bucket list. Um anything with a sandy beach and clear water and maybe some waves to ride a little bit. I'm great with that. Nice. All right. I think that's, yeah. I think that's a good answer. Right there. My family doesn't even have to come with me. I'll, I'll have a great time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. With, with, uh, with how much you, you're always going right now, I'm sure just some, some peaceful time alone would be good. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. Last one here. This is the hardest hitting question that I have. And okay. I figured you'd be a good, a good, uh, question. You'd be a good person to ask this question to. It is, is a hot dog a sandwich? hundred percent it is. hundred percent. It's a sandwich. hundred percent. So how 100%. would you how would you define what a sandwich is? I can't define it. I, I can't I just know it when I see it. It's like the old line about porn. I can't define it, but I know it when I see it. <laughs> so so then in that case, a burger is also considered a sandwich? Yes, a burger is a sandwich too. Yes. Okay, got okay. But you, we, we just call it a burger. We call it a hot dog, but it still is a sandwich. The discussion that comes up sometimes is uh, a sandwich being classified as as meat or some sort of toppings in between two pieces of bread and that is clearly what a hot dog is but then they're wondering is a, a sub the same as a hot dog is a sub you know we call it a subway sandwich but no one ever calls it a hot dog sandwich and so i'm wondering how how we can get the lines so blurred here between a hot dog a sandwich a burger and a sub when do we need to just have a universal name for all of these things? And is that a sandwich? Okay, Carl, why do people have to complicate things? Why can't <laughs> things just be easy? <laughs> so what we need to do is on all menus, it just says, I, can I get the sandwich with uh, meat, or mustard, and ketchup and relish? No, no, no. It just means call it whatever you want to call it. Call it a hot dog. <laughs> call it a sub. Call it a burger. <laughs> the, the we have to we have I don't see any budget in any government for the word police. Nobody has to listen to the word police. Call it whatever you want. Just don't make it complicated. My pea brain is not smart enough to handle all this stuff. Oh, too good. Well, I just I mean some people are passionate about this topic, and so 
and they'll they'll get going. And I've had a couple of these conversations where they've lasted like half an hour, and it blows people's minds. It blows my mind too. But I just had to see where you were at on that, and I like that you were uh, steady in your in your answer. So quickly adding up all these right here, this is a tough one, but I'm gonna go ahead and give you a 95 points. All oh, right. Yes, it's really is it, good. Is it- is it out of a hundred? Is it out of a hundred or out of ten thousand? Like I guess I should ask that first. It just depends, honestly. I mean, I, I, it's whatever I'm feeling right now. And I put you uh, tied with Matthew Pro, a good buddy of mine. So. Um, oh well, hey, he's a yeah. smart guy. I'll take that. I'll yeah, take that. You should be pretty yeah. happy with that. Nice, nice work. I think that's good. I, I I enjoy the Drew Carey nature of of Carl just making up points as we go along here, Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> At some point, someone's going to earn a million points, and they're just going to blow everybody out of the water. That you know who that's going to be? That's going to be uh, like who's an old defense partner of yours? Is it going to be like Carlson or something like that? Yeah, so he'll probably uh, he was going to come on before uh, before the, the schedule changed there, but I'm probably going to give him like one point just to bust his balls. I can't. I can't let him lead the lead this thing. I still. I'm still hurting from uh, from his World Junior overtime goal. I can't. I can't ever give him props for anything anymore. <laughs> you know, you guys should have. You guys should have Sergey on. I'd like to hear his answers to some of these questions. I. I totally. I asked Sergey the one time. Why don't you were there? I said, Hey, hey, you got you got someone for us to come on. Do you want to come on the come on the podcast? He's like, Didn't you play in this league for like twelve or thirteen years? You got to get me on as your guest. <laughs> I'm like, I think you got all the good stories, man. You're you're the guy that uh, that can uh, protects all the guys. I'm sure you got some some good uh, dirt for us. Yeah, yeah, he's taking those he's taking those either to the grave or till he gets his book deal. Yeah, the, the, we, we we've talked about having a pay for version of this where Eric Fair and some other guys can tell the off the record stories because we get a, a little off the record here, but there are certain things that that even Ben Guerrero, our old buddy who's in Seattle now, uh, can't doesn't want to share maybe on on this program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's probably best. That's that's probably probably for the best. best. Um, Elliot, (laughs) thank thank you very much for joining us, everybody. Obviously, read 32 Thoughts, listen to the 32 Thoughts podcast, and and watch Elliot on Sportsnet. Unfortunately, not CBC for the Olympics, but at at every occasion on Hockey Night in Canada. Thanks a lot, guys. It was a real pleasure to be on. Carl, don't take my job. I don't think it will. This is that's very much a concern for the future. Uh, Carl and I will be right back. We'll talk uh, a little more capital stuff moving forward. Uh, we'll talk to you in a couple minutes here on Oscaps. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to All's Caps. I'm AP hockey writer Steve Wino with former Capitals defenseman Carl Osner. It was fun to talk to Elliot, wasn't it? Yeah, it is fun. So, I mean, it, it's tough because, you know, we have a lot of, obviously a lot of the the people who are going to listen to this are, are Washington Capitals fans and probably based in this in this area. And you don't get a lot of, um, you know, Sports Center stuff or Hockey Night in Canada stuff is is where, where Elliot kind of kind of reigns supreme. And that's that's where everybody sees, sees a, a lot of his face. And... It's I, I just think it's really cool because you know you're the same way. You guys work so hard for the scoops that you get and for the information that you get, and making sure that it's correct and that you get it out there. So people are you know on Twitter, it's it's the the best way to to do it. You're you're getting it at that moment, and the amount of work, like you just said, he was he was just driving down. He was late late a little bit to get onto the podcast because he's driving down the street, and all of a sudden something breaks and. And it's part of the job where you just got to find a way to get it out there. You also want to make sure, of course, that your source is correct. And it's not it's not just um, something that that somebody's just putting out there to see how many clicks they can get. It's it's just such an interesting job. And it's cool because you can relate relate to this and, and how important it is to to make sure that you're staying on top of it. And I wanted to ask him, but we just, you know, with with how busy he is and the time, the pressure that uh both of you guys you got to feel with 
always wanting to make sure you're on top of everything. It's It's got to be tough. Yeah, and, and the way you might look at a, an Eric Carlson or a Drew Doughty in terms of what they can do like offensively, I look at someone like Elliot and, and Chris Johnston and Pierre Lebron as they're better at this job than I am. And, then, and, and that's fine. It doesn't mean I'm not trying to beat them at any occasion, but you, you realize at a certain point that like this guy's an insider and 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 and, and is connected to the league in ways that I'm not yet, and 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 as Elliot pointed out, a little bit younger than than he is. But I also had a, the the time I had to pull over for a story. One of the the many, the one I remember right now is when Adam Oates got hired as Capitals coach. I was driving somewhere, and all of a sudden it, it, it breaks. And I think honestly, Elliot reported it first that that Adam Oates has been is has been hired by the Capitals. I pull over. I'm literally I'm making calls. I've got the laptop in my in my lap, kind of kind of put the seat back and put the steering wheel up and, and make sure you get that story out because that's your job no matter what's happening at a given time. Yeah. Well, it's so interesting too. like something that is, these are just behind the scenes things that, that, um, that most fans won't don't ever get to, to take part in, I guess. And, and I remember the first time that I had a member of the media, um, you know, the Canadian media, I guess, reach out to me just asking uh, if I had any information on what might be happening during a trade deadline. And I'm just like, what is going on? Like, how did they get my number? And and am I supposed to say anything? Like, how does this even work? I was pretty young at the time. And I just thought it was so, it was just so interesting. And that was the first time that it kind of opened up my eyes to, um, you know, this is kind of how this works. Because they said, you know, let me know if you hear anything going on with the team. And I'll let you know if I hear anything as well. And I'm like, oh, I guess, yeah, it's possible that these guys are going to know these things before me. And it'd be kind of cool to to have that scoop with the guys if we're at the in the dress room or whatever and all of a sudden i hear so-and-so's on the block you know it's just interesting how that works and then elliot reached out to me one time i think when i was um coming home from montreal i can't can't remember exactly and and uh and we had a good talk about you know just about kind of the where where the direction was going with with me and hockey and stuff and you know there, there's certain guys that you just feel comfortable talking to and that you know that they're going to do the story justice and they're going to be, they're going to be fair. It's not, it's not something one-sided and then you feel comfortable with, with giving them some information, whatever you have and know, and know that it's not really going to come back to you. Or if, if it does, it's, it's going to be safe. You know, it's what, what a lot of the the people are, are worried about. I know when they're, when they are talking to somebody. So it's just, it's just cool. You know, I, I think that, like you said, you're, you're, you're younger than, than he is. You got lots of time to, to get yourself into those into those roles but relationship making man does it go a far way yeah. in this business cuz it's uh it's it's kind of you know the old saying the old the old boys club it's turning into the old boys old girls club which is nice letting there's there's way more women involved now which is which is great but it's kind of who you know and and, and what you've done for them and, and how you can help them. And a lot of times that's how you get the scoop. And that's why it kind of stinks now with being on Zoom some of the time and, and not having locker rooms open because I remember some of the best discussions and times that you and I had or I had with a, a Matt Hendricks or a Joel Ward or whoever was just the time kind of bullshitting in the locker room to where like the recorder's not out, but you're just kind of like getting to know people. Matt Hendricks' twins were, were born and he rushed to a game in Jersey. And so now every time I talk to Matt, it's like, how, how, how are the kids doing? Because of, of just situations of being a human that's all it is well, exactly it, that's that's for sure what it is and it sucks to miss out on that or if you run into to one of the reporters or one of the players or whatever at a at a restaurant or in the hotel lobby yeah. or just whatever you just start talking things that aren't hockey related and i had I actually had a, a member of the montreal media at one point at the end of the at the end of the season or beginning of the next season my second year there he just said to me he's like hey i just want to say sorry i was really hard on you in, in the in the papers and online last year and, and I'm really pulling for you this year. And I'm just like, first of all, that sucks. <laughs> Thanks a lot. But also at the same time, it was a moment where we could actually have a conversation. And I remember just asking, you know, like, you know, what was the reason, you know, give me, give me, give me some, some uh, insight into why and, and why, why you're on my side now, you know, it's just don't get to have those conversations nearly enough and you get to understand the person a little bit more, but we'll get back there at some point, even though, I hope so. Super convenient. Yeah, I, I, I hope we get back into locker rooms at some point. But that's a, a, a among my my friends and colleagues. That's a, a matter of debate all the time. Um, yeah. Real quick before before we go, uh, hockey stuff. Capitals have games coming up uh, at Detroit uh, against the against the Devils on, on Sunday. Uh, game against at the Canadians has been postponed now because they can't have any fans yet left. But 
what is this team? What what is this team right now coming out of a of an extended COVID Christmas break? Well, you know what the team the team is is good. Um, in in a good position right now. We're hoping that this is actually the question I had, and uh, not really hockey related, but because um, that some of us in in the household have got COVID now is glad everyone's have, doing well though. That's that's yes. most important. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, we're all good. Um, but once you once you have it once, is it you know does it make you less susceptible to testing, testing positive? And it's almost like, it's like the old chicken pox thing. It's when, when one of the kids gets it, you have the chicken pox party and then everybody gets it. And then are you going to be safe for chances that you test positive a lot less likely? And it seems like over the last little bit, so many of the guys have had it. We're hoping that we can, we can stay healthy and on that front and then see exactly the type of team that we have here um, going forward, because you know, we talked about it too with with trade options and and where do they need to go and i'm i'm not sure that that you need to do anything yet i, I really want to see this team just play with a little bit more regular of a lineup and in a really good spot played a, i guess a game or two more than than most of the other teams in the division but i think i think going into the season i mean personally i wasn't sure what we were going to see and the fact that we've seen them lead or be in second in the division for the entire season so far pretty optimistic by by that yeah and 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 i think that's a fair point around the league right now is is we have there's so many taxi squad players and minor league call-ups and guys who have been in the lineup and the capitals have dealt with their fair share of that is is we don't know how good anyone is and 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 It'll take a couple of weeks, probably. Nick Backstrom back, Evgeny Kuznetsov back, kind of getting to see what uh, the top six should look like on this team. And, and now the blue line's a little bit kind of messed up with some some protocol absences. But it it it'll be interesting to see kind of what this team looks like with a Backstrom, Kuznetsov, Eller, Dow down the middle more than anything else. All the other stuff around the margins to me is this team won a Stanley Cup based on depth at center. And if you don't have that, you don't know. If you don't have that, you're not a Stanley Cup contender. Yeah, that's exact, exactly right. And also, it could come down to just make the playoffs and then we're actually going to see where we're at because you may always. Have it always is, though. It, it always is, but you may have a lot of teams that have just been struggling all season long trying to trying to keep guys in the lineup that come in, you know, just creeping into the playoffs. And the next thing you know, they're healthy and they should have been a top two, three team all season long. So sure. we might, we might really see that even more this year, but, but yeah, I yeah, forgot about Eller. Like Lars, Lars is, right. Lars is a great player and he's, and he's so valuable to this team when he's in there playing. So I don't know. I, I think, I think there's still some good depth down the middle. It's, it, it's just, you know, time will tell. So I, I don't, I don't think we can really, give a full assessment right now just because it's been too up and down. Right. Well, well you know, the good, the good part is hockey's back. We'll get to watch some hockey. And when we get together again and, and talk next week, we'll have some actual games to talk about. We'll be looking ahead to, to actually games on the schedule in front of fans. Hopefully things will be, be looking better at that at that point. Carl, hope you and your family can continue to stay healthy and Happy New Year. Yes, Happy New Year. Thanks so much, Michael. Happy, happy New Year to everyone out there. And we'll talk to you next week on All's Caps.